Is David Johnson worth waiting around for in the late games this Sunday? How concerned should you be about Alvin Kamara's week six health? And is Malcolm Brown an automatic start in the wake of Todd Gurley's expected absence? Plus, the second-place team owner in the 2019 FFPC main event, Micah Bailey, is here to talk about the Cleveland Browns offense and the surprising way he got and managed his only FFPC team this year nearly to the top. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Everybody, if you got what it takes, cause I'm KRS and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. With the master Thanks so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations, everybody. All of the Balkaholics, all of the Gerzak and Addicts, welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, to let listeners behind the curtain a little bit. Dave was actually working with the rehab group the last couple of days. However, despite the questionable tag, he uh, is powering through a game-time decision and through a hip replacement, doing the show tonight. That's right, Balky. Unlike these wimps in football, I'm actually able to come out and, and perform here. In all seriousness, how is the hip? Is it healing good? Yeah, I mean, it's been, uh, it was Wednesday uh, early afternoon, and uh, so it's been over 48 hours. I'm, I'm, I'm up walking around feeling pretty good. I'm a little nauseous, I uh, was today, um, but I'm not taking... I have that effect on people. <laughs> I'm not taking the, like, the Oxy or Percocet, right? so I'm taking mostly Tylenol and a little bit of a... Another painkiller, but not too bad. Yeah, that was, uh, we had actually an email. Uh, Jesse from Albuquerque wanted to know what, uh, what painkillers you were pre- currently prescribed to. Yeah, I got oxycodone, uh, it's tramadol. Okay. So I'm going to try and save as much of that as, as I can so I can sell it on the street. So. Yeah, and so it's just basically been a little bit of that and, and a lot of Tylenol. Yeah, Tylenol. And, Good for you. And other stuff, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's going well. It went so, as well as it could have gone, I think. So what's the rehab like for this? Like, when are you walking again? What did they tell you that you need to be doing for range of motion and everything? I do exercises like three times a day. Uh, I can walk with crutches, but I, I, I can actually walk with, with one crutch or without, actually. Uh-huh. But, um. You know, they say um, just let the biologic stuff work for six weeks before you really go over, like, five, 10,000 steps, you know, like big step days. Oh, uh, okay. So, because so, he said, you know, there's not, it's, you're not going to get any better by going with more steps. So, All right. just take it a little bit easy. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled to be doing the show tonight with you, man. Yeah. I'm glad you're powering through this. Mentally, I'm here. We have a great show tonight, quite frankly. We, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. Can Hunter Henry be a difference maker for you with his potential return to the lineup this week? Whether Matt Breida can be trusted against the Rams. And Micah Bailey, the week six main event second place team owner, drops in to talk about managing a juggernaut of a team and much, much more. Shout out to the chat room right now we got a a busy little uh, beehive going on in there pun intended for anybody who's in the chat room tonight post any questions you might have in there fellas uh, you want to connect with us on twitter do that as well at hsff hour at eric balkman at david gerzak facebook.com slash hsff hour you want to give us a buzz tonight it's 347-426-3682-347 game over high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com is the email address that our producer and mutual friend rob as well as our audio engineer and my best friend bryce is monitoring we'll do our best to get to all of the questions tweets and emails coming up in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show if you, in case you missed it, rotoviz.com slash podcast had the latest Rotoviz high stakes lowdown this past Thursday morning. Billy Metcalf at Fantasy Inquirer on Twitter got into that. He's actually got two teams in the Football Guys Players Championship top 60. And this is a guy who's won. We we're trying to count it up on, on the show how many leagues he's won uh, over the years. We think it's pretty close to double digits. Uh, but he had a lot of good stuff to say, a lot of good stuff on that. You can check that out at rotoviz.com slash podcast. Also on Apple Podcasts as well. 
as the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Thanks to Football Guys, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Uh, let's get into uh, – do I want to get into the rundown? We had some questions in the chat room. Um, okay, so John Terry, let's go to questions right away. John Terry, uh, he wants to know our thoughts this week on Chase Edmonds and Malcolm Brown. And the reason he brings this up, and, and we'll, get, we'll actually meld the rundown together here, the NFL Network's Mike Garofalo reports that David Johnson is likely to play Sunday. He returned to practice today. He said he felt good, but Cliff Kingsbury is actually calling him a game-time decision. Sounds like David Johnson wants to be out there, but he not only is at risk for missing the game, but he's also at risk if he is active for playing uh, reduced snaps in the game. Last week, Chase Edmonds had 11 touches. That was a season high for him, and David Johnson was only out there for 70% uh, of the snaps. Now, the tricky thing with this, Dave, is if you look at this Arizona game coming up this week, they play at home against Atlanta, potential shootout game. I think the total on that is, well, I think it's like 51 and a half, 52, something like that, but you're not going to know. So I think it's, it's an easy call between Edmonds and Johnson. If Johnson is active and you own both of them, you play Johnson. If Johnson is inactive, you play Edmonds. But what do you do if you only own one or the other, given that it's a late game? Oh, man. You know, you look for the early Sunday morning reports, but I, I really think that I'd be tentative to play David Johnson, um, you know, unless, if, unless I didn't have other good options, I guess. I'd just be a little bit tentative to play him. Back injuries seem like they can flare up. But, I mean, if you know, he is an elite back, so I guess if, if you – you don't have other good options, like it's having Coleman or better. I would right. say at that point you have to play Johnson and roll with it. Um, I'm just trying to think of, you know, obviously the waiver deadline has already passed in, in the FFPC for, for this week. But if you have a guy like, I mean, here's other guys, here's potential guys that are, if David Johnson is out and you don't have Edmonds, you could maybe fall back on Royce Freeman. You could fall back on Deion Lewis. Uh, you could, <laughs> Deion Lewis. Is, well, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you're, you're, this, you're <laughs> grasping at straws here. Um, I, I, mean, I, I mean, outside of that, like, there's really nothing else. Jamal Williams, maybe, on Monday Night Football? No, well, no. See, I mean, yeah, you play David Johnson and, uh, and suck it up if you, if you Okay, know. all right, fair enough. Uh, getting into the Malcolm Brown discussion, now this, thing, I think, is a little bit more uh, concrete. Todd Gurley is actually doubtful for the Rams game against the 49ers, according to Lindsay Theory on Twitter. Uh, Gurley is uh, expected absence. Sounds, uh, sounds like that's going to make Malcolm Brown the featured back for the Rams offense. I did read reports earlier this week. In fact, Sean McVay talked about the running back depth, and he did mention Daryl Henderson a couple of times, so he could actually uh, be involved in this offense uh, this week as well. However, he's only played two offensive snaps all season long. Now, Malcolm Brown, Dave, if Gurley is out, this game, this Rams and 49ers game, is scheduled for, is this a 1 o'clock game? No, probably a late one. Yeah, it's a, it's a late one. So you fire, actually, again, same situation. You fire up Malcolm Brown. If Gurley's out, if Gurley's active, you play him. Is he worth waiting around for, or are you giving him the same David Johnson treatment you just treated us to? Well, doubtful he's out. Gurley's not going to play. Uh, you have to start Malcolm Brown, but it's a tough matchup. San Francisco, they have a good, they have a good defense. They're ranked fifth against the run, second against the pass. Uh, and I don't think Malcolm Brown's all that great of a talent, so I'm, I'd be concerned about starting Malcolm Brown. I'd probably try, Interesting. I'd probably okay. try and look at someone else. If I had another decent option, like uh, in one league I started James White uh, and Bench Gurley in advance of that, kind of thinking that would happen. Ah, smart thinking by the Dizzle well, I mean, there. He, what do you get, 13 points, which is right around his projection. So I thought, I'm like, that's fine. You know yeah. what I mean? You get the 13, you're good. Yeah, and, uh, I, 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 you know, honestly, I think I probably would have done the same thing. I'll, however, I, you know what, maybe I wouldn't because – as of yesterday, Gurley was still, quote-unquote, questionable. He didn't receive the official doubtful tag till right. today. Yeah. So you had to be a little bit forward-thinking on that in order to well, do it that. Was, it wasn't trending well, and that usually is the way it goes. Right. Now, if you would have had Gurley versus Sony Michelle, what would you have done? <laughs> Probably played, still played Gurley, right? No, I, I would have started Michelle. You would have gone Michelle. I don't okay. know. I'm, not, you know, I'm not a huge Michelle guy. Daryl Henderson, are you playing him? No, I wouldn't even play him in a desperation. Because I, he's got I, zero yeah. fantasy points this year. Um. He's the running back version of Isabella, unfortunately, the guy that I still love, and eventually he will bust out after <laughs> Kingsbury gets shot. Well, so, <laughs> I hope. Kidding. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, you um, got Hinkley on us here on yeah, the HSFA exactly. forward tonight. I think, uh, I think, I think Henderson might actually be all right. I think he might look decent, but without any points whatsoever, you're really grasping at straws. Yeah, I would not play him at all. I actually did last week. Uh, he was dropped in a few leagues, and I picked him up for a couple of bucks in like two or three. Totally leagues. smart, and this week too. Like, yeah, great. Yeah, well, he was going higher this week, I think. Right. Um, you know, given Gurley's uh, injury status. 
Uh, kind of a weird thing with this quad. I don't, I don't think it, this is related to the knee injury at all, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Uh, another one, another big one, Dave. Alvin Kamara, questionable for the Saints game against the Jaguars, according to Luke Johnson on Twitter. 20-plus touches for every single game for Alvin Kamara this season, except for one. Only Austin Eckler, uh, who's got 39 catches, Christian McCaffrey with 31, Le'Veon Bell with 27, have more than Kamara's on the season through the first five weeks. Latavius Murray, obviously you'd, you'd fire him up uh, in this. Well, maybe not obviously. I'll talk to you about this in a second. But he would uh, sort of be the guy that you would insert in this lineup. And, uh, you know, it, I, the thing is, even if he does have reduced snaps in this game, how much they have leaned on Kamara in the Teddy Bridgewater games this season, I think you sort of have to play him. Now, the advantage you have with this, Dave, this is a 1 o'clock start, uh, so you will know right away. But I don't know, man. Kamara was not on the injury report on Wednesday. He was added on Thursday. Wasn't spotted at practice Friday. This, to me, screams that he is going to be out on Sunday. You know, but he's, you know, he's, a, he's a one of those playmaker players, so he might play. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys that is so good. That he's a gamer. Yeah, where the coach might be like, look, Alvin, we know you're awesome. Just take, take Friday off because what, what do you need to practice for? Right. So, I mean, I think that there's a chance of that happening. So, I would have if – they, if they announce that he's playing, I would definitely start him on Sunday. And if, if he doesn't, you have Murray. Uh, I think that's a great start. Jaguars, uh, from what I'm seeing, according to the FFPC rankings, they're 22nd against the run. So, they have this so-called great defense, but they're not that great against right. the run. So, uh, you know – Murray could have a huge game. Not a big pass catcher. I don't know if, if they incorporate anybody else in that role, but Michael Thomas, you know, I was talking with my co-host, uh, Leo Kuyper Jr., and it, it, he has been snake bit in this league. Basically, everything he's done in this league, uh, he's been crushed in this year. He drafted Barkley over uh, McCaffrey. That came back to bite him. He traded Barkley thinking he was going to be out for two months. Now it sounds like Barkley's on his way back. He just made a big trade for Kamara. Now Kamara's hurt. So, like, literally, like, I'll just tell everybody what, he, what Leo's been doing in his league. Because whatever he does, stay away from those guys. <laughs> no kidding. Um, but I told him to pick up Latavius Murray, so he actually does have him. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what, what the Saints do there. I'm, I'm keeping Murray in my back pocket. I might fire him up as a flex. Even, you know, I only own Kamara in like one, maybe two leagues. Um, but, I mean, Murray, to me, would, would be a, a clear-cut top 25 running back if Kamara's out. Yeah, and John Terry uh, thinks Kamara's going to play. He said tweaked ankle could be precautionary. And I can see that, too. Again, you're talking about one of your playmakers. We have uh, Micah Bailey just around the corner here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the second-place team in the FFPC main event. One more point I want to get to before we get to Micah is uh, Hunter Henry. He's listed as questionable for the Chargers game against Pittsburgh on Sunday night, according to the Chargers' official Twitter account. It sounds like he's probably going to suit up. He practiced in full today. Dave, the Chargers... I didn't know that. This is such good news. Yeah, the Chargers are getting nothing from Virgil Green and Lance Kendricks. Uh, trying to uh, shoulder the load while uh, Henry has been out. Uh, you weren't starting either one of them. They only have uh, combined 10 targets on the season. Uh, Anthony Lynn did say that whenever Hunter Henry returns, he would be limited at least in his first game. I don't think he's available in any FFPC leagues. I think a lot of people held on to him. Are you playing him Sunday night in a game he's questionable, though, Dave? Well, I just in a dynasty league, I just benched Jordan Aikens for Henry just now. That's probably worth the risk there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, but you know, there's you know, you know how tight ends are. It's like they're great, and then they all the rest of them suck. So right. There's really not, there, you know, there's not a big divide. There's, you know, there's like the really good ones, and then there's the, you know, all this crap. So if you're starting a crappy guy, I would roll Henry out there and give it a shot. Who was the cat for uh, Pittsburgh that they just traded for from Seattle? Uh, Vanette, Nick Vanette. Yeah, so that's who they're playing. I would imagine that Vanette was probably available in leagues this week. Um, I don't, you know, Graham and Hawkinson weren't available, the two tight ends on Monday night. So, I mean, maybe you could start Hunter Henry, and if he's inactive, you play Vanette. I don't know how desperate your tight end situation is, but that would certainly be one way to roll. I don't know if Vance McDonald plays this week. Hey, Vance McDonald got dropped in a couple of my leagues. Did you really? I was surprised, yeah. yeah. Uh, so interesting stuff there. Be paying attention. You know, Dave, is, this is something that he always says on the show. Even if it's a late game, even if it's the Sunday night game, if you read between the lines, you check out the updates from the various outlets, you know, whether it be football guys, draft sharks, or what have you, oftentimes you can glean a little bit of knowledge and you can find out which way these teams are leaning as it goes to, uh, uh, be, you know, before the 1 o'clock game start. You can kind of know whether these guys are going to be active or not. All right, let's get to uh, tonight's guest. Uh, I want to bring him in right now. This is actually his first year playing high-stakes fantasy football. He's been playing fantasy football overall since 2007. He's in eight leagues, two of which 
He's in with his wife, and he enters week six, sitting in second place overall in the 2400-team 2019 FFPC main event. Please welcome into the program Mr. Micah Bailey. Micah, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much. It's a huge honor to be here. Hopefully you can hear me okay. You are coming through just fine, and uh, i got to tell you, you are probably second place in the main event. I'm guessing your wife is beating you in the other two leagues you're in with her, right? <laughs> you, you know she is. You know she is. I can't seem to beat her in anything. So that's uh, probably considered a good thing for most things, not beating my wife. But, uh, yeah, especially in fantasy, I'd love to one of these years. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I listen, I know how it goes. Happy wife, happy life. That's what they always say. We want to get into fantasy football here shortly. Micah, can you tell the listeners when you are not sitting in second place on your way to potentially a half-million-dollar grand prize what you're doing for a living? Well, uh, yeah, sure. I am a, uh, I'm an inside sales manager at a, uh, a builder supply store here in Oklahoma City. Um, basically, it just means I manage a few people who write tickets and uh, take care of home builders for a living. So that's, that's what I spend my days doing. We have a uh, question from the chat already for you, uh, Micah. Our, uh, our Ivy League professor uh, at Cornell, Hudson Kern-Reeve, is very intrigued by your wife and wants to know if she has a single sister that perhaps also plays fantasy football <laughs> that would be looking for somebody who also enjoys competing against. Well, you know, she actually does have a sister who is single. <laughs> All right. Uh, she lives in Houston. So, I mean, you know, I could, uh, I could hook that up. All right, perfect. Kern, Kern, yeah, Kern lives in New York, so this, this, we, we might have to work upstate, on this. Though, upstate. Well, I mean, it's still upstate or whatever. It's not know. the city. Well, yeah, it's he Alabama. lives in New York State. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can uh, work on with that. Dave, go ahead. All right, so let's talk fantasy. One of the things that high stakes uh, owners were trying to figure out this drafting season was the running backs and the Eagles. Uh, you put your chips on uh, veteran Jordan Howard in this draft, and you know a lot of other people were looking at Miles Sanders to emerge. Um, can you, do you think he can hold off Miles Sanders as a lead back for the rest of 2019? It kind of looks like it's leaning that direction. I, I think he can. Uh, just as a personal side note here, uh, not that I don't know that I love starting out with the Eagles question as a Cowboys fan, but, um, you know, I do have to, to go with the Eagles where I, when I can in fantasy. But uh, he, he's the experienced runner. Uh, he has the, the kind of the early down role right now, and, even uh, if Sanders does carve out more of a role, I think Howard's still going to see plenty of work. Uh, and Corey Clement going on IR today doesn't hurt anything for sure. Uh, I think it kind of keeps it narrowed down to those two guys. So, uh, like it or not, for me, the Eagles are uh, a really good offense and a fantasy-friendly offense. So, um, I think he can he can hold them off and, uh, and keep bringing value. Hey, Michael, let me ask you, now, now that I know that you're a Cowboys fan, I think you took Amari Cooper in this main event league. I think it was the third round. How much did your fandom play into that order? Were you just on board with Cooper having a, a big-time fantasy year? I, it's hard to differentiate the two probably uh, completely, <laughs> but um, I think he uh, – I think I, I, I believe in him. I believed in him when he played with the Raiders. Uh, he's a, a really good wide receiver. and uh, Just seeing how uh, he and Dak uh, played last year, uh, I thought he would have a good year, and that's certainly uh, been the case so far. Um, we'll see. I think probably if he wasn't wearing a star on his helmet, I may have waited until the fourth round. Who knows? Talking with Micah Bailey, the second-place team in the FFPC main event. Micah, Carlos Hyde entered this week 15th in the NFL in rushing yards. Uh, High-stakes players, for whatever reason, they let him slip in drafts. You snared him in this main event draft right here. Uh, what did drafters miss by letting Carlos Hyde drop down draft boards as far as they did? Well, uh, Duke Johnson certainly was kind of the hot name during draft season, so I think that kind of drove a little bit of uh, Hyde's value. And uh, I, I do consider myself pretty lucky. I, I was able to pick him up in the 13th round. Um, so that's a, a good amount of value, I think, for, for what he's brought so far. Um, and I think – while Duke could be maybe the more dynamic player, I don't think he's really built to handle the load kind of uh, like Hyde does. So um, Hyde is going to continue to keep that early down roll, and he has the touchdown upside. Uh, I think that's, that's the, the thing that's really driven him so far. Dave, do you have Carlos Hyde anywhere this year? 
Do you pick him up off waivers, get him late in drafts at all? I don't really think I do, no. I, ha- I have him in one dynasty league where I couldn't trade him. <laughs> and, and it's been a, it's on nice. Well, no, I'll tell you why it's not nice. Is before the season started, I had Melvin Gordon was like my only running back and Carlos Hyde was my two. Oh, no. Yeah, no, that's what it was. Carlos Hyde was my two. That's very dire. And no, and so I, I, it's one of these Kentucky dynasty leagues. And so I'm, I'm in uh, Kentucky and Taylor Casey and Travis Cox, they own this. Like, dude, you need a running back, man. You need a running back. You got to get a running back. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're sending me these horrible trade offers. And then they sent me one. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I traded Cooper Cup. Whoops. I, I, but, I mean, he, like, I'm super deep at receiver, although Cooper Cup would obviously be starting for me every single week. I traded Cooper Cup for Mark Ingram in, like, a second rounder. Oh, yeah. So it worked out. Sort of. It, sort of. But then Melvin Gordon came back, and Carlos Hyde's been great. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I really didn't need his running back as bad as I thought I did. Yeah, you one probably of didn't think Cup would be like the number four or receiver or whatever. No, it is. absolutely, <laughs> I, I did not. Speaking of white receivers, let's keep it on that conversation. <laughs> yeah. Hunter Renfro, here's a white receiver we're going to talk about. Uh, you picked him up uh, <laughs> off waivers in the main event. Uh, he's a, you know, he's that skinny little slot guy. He doesn't even look like an athlete, but man, he can make some big catches. They released JJ Nelson. Do you think we're about to see the rise of Renfro over the next couple of months? I mean, I don't know if we're going to see the prolific rise necessarily, but I sure hope so. Um, it would be great for me. Uh, of course, the league does love a slot guy, so uh, there's nothing wrong with that. He was definitely dynamic at Clemson. We all saw that uh, when he was in college. So um, I think his role could keep maybe continue to increase, and uh, certainly, at least for me, I think the Raiders' offense is better than I expected it to be with uh, A.B. leading in that incredible fashion. Um so who knows? It could be could be something good. And uh, to be honest, if it's not, I I got him for a dollar, so I won't be too mad about it <laughs> if he has to spend yeah. the season on my bench. Bulky, there's been some talk about Foster Moreau, that other rookie tight end yeah. for Oakland, and that he's he's been playing well. He had a good game, and uh, I, I actually saw a number of dynasty owners picking up Moreau this week. Um, he is well. Obviously, the the tight end owned there is is. Uh, the great Waller, of, the, the great Waller of Oakland, um, <laughs> right. and but I, you know, you look at that Oakland situation. Yeah, and, and maybe Renfro is the type of guy who could a- end up being a difference maker down the stretch. But Tyrell Williams has been dinged up. Antonio Brown uh, has been, uh, well, he's gone. Uh, they traded for Zay Jones, which John Terry is pointing out in the chat right now. Um, we, I mean, we don't know what the situation is there. But for whatever reason, Derek Carr has been pretty successful thrown to the tight end this year. Maybe that's just the strength. Maybe that's the thing that they try to ride this year. I don't know. But I, I, I think you couple that with a tight end premium format and a waiver wire that has been picked pretty clean uh, by a lot of these drafters. I think Foster Moreau, that's, that's the reason why you're, you're seeing uh, all these people Foster Moreau onto their rosters. Oh, man. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> um, moving on here. That, now, uh, Micah, this is your only – not only is this your only FFPC team this year, it's your first ever FFPC team, and you got it through a uh, 4for4.com promo, which is – Really? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is a that. crazy story. Um, can you tell us a little bit about um, – use the promo for a main event team, and then tell us a little bit about how you prepped, um, never doing a draft before in the FFPC, how you prepped for draft day. Yeah, I'm sure all the guys in the chat are really happy to hear that I'm I'm doing this for free. So sorry, everybody. Ah, it's great. Um, it's great. We we have people uh, who have paid to spend hundred thousand dollars on their teams. So yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I really am sorry. I don't know what's happening here, but uh, um, uh, hey, it's all good, buddy. Yeah, we it, love it. It's really it, it was crazy. Uh, I've been a you know subscriber to Four for Four for a few years, and uh, they had a sweepstakes. And honestly, I thought I might win a signed jersey. Um, and was pretty happy with that, but here we are, you know, so, uh, you know, when we, when I wanted, I obviously went straight to uh, the FFPC site. Uh, and actually this is going to sound like pandering, but it's the truth. I, uh, I listened to this podcast and listened to some of the guys, the guests that were on and kind of learned a little bit about, uh, a few of the ins and outs, uh, of Very the little. itself. And, you know, of course, tried. <laughs> Uh, try, try to get a you know a feel for it anyway, but um, sure. yeah, I actually I found you guys through this, and so I actually am a listener. I've never been active in the in the chats. So maybe I'll have to try that. Um, but You're yeah, probably one of the only general, people that read the rules this past year. <laughs> you actually went through the rules. Well, I don't know how much. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much it helped me. I'll uh, I'll tell one on myself. Uh, I actually was using Four for Four's uh, draft software, and for whatever reason, it showed a 16 round draft. And so first time through, I'm thinking I'm in the 15th round. It's time to get a defense. The guy before me grabbed a defense. So I actually ended up grabbing a defense in the 15th. Um, so I hey, probably friend? should have never told anyone that. Uh, no, no, pick. actually, I was got oh. second defense, and I got Baltimore. Um, All right. Oh, okay. But, uh, uh, but yeah. So I'll, I'll tell that on myself anyway. But um, g- generally, uh, I've, I've I've paid a lot more attention since uh, since I've started playing fantasy to the draft itself, the NFL draft. Um, so usually that's when my prep starts. I'll start listening to to podcasts like this and uh, some four for four podcasts, uh, an ESPN podcast, things like that. Just as I'm mowing the lawn, doing things like that, get a feel for how teams are going to look. Uh, I've actually created a pretty significant spreadsheet uh, with each team and try to get a feel for how each uh, team's going to lay out in their roles um, and then just mock, mock, mock. That's that's the name of the game, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Micah, what was, um, what was sort of your approach to the tight end premium format? Uh, couple that with the dual flex, were you putting an extra emphasis on tight ends? Because I think there's two, well, there's more than two schools of thought, but there's a lot of people, it's a polarizing issue. They, a lot, there's a lot of people out on, on FFPC Twitter that say uh, people overvalue the tight ends in this format way too much. And then there's the opposite end where, where they say people don't put enough emphasis on, on, on drafting tight ends at an appropriate spot to maximize your fantasy output every week. How did you feel about that aspect of it uh, when, when you were prepping for this draft? Uh, that was really a tricky one for me, never playing in, in that type of format before. Um, what I actually ended up doing just through the flow of the draft is I, I punted a little bit, um, ended up with Austin Hooper in the eighth round, which has clearly worked out a little bit. He's, he's done pretty well so far this year. Um, but uh I really was tempted to try to go early, um, but just the way the, the draft fell to me, I uh, wasn't really ready for, for Kittle in the second round. And so uh, I punted a little bit and waited till the eighth round to come back and get Austin Hooper and uh, kind of play it from there. Yeah, Hooper, man. Wow, he has been fantastic. He and Darren Waller are like the two – just killer tight ends this year that you got for cheap. I, I, I said this um, I, I, on my, my local fantasy show, Dave, where we, if you were drafting today, where would you, would Hooper be in the top three for tight ends for you? I don't, I don't think so, but I mean, I mean, I think you still, have to, it's still early enough in the season. I think you have to respect uh, Kittle Ertz yeah, okay. and Kelsey and Waller actually, but what about, Waller's actually been Waller's up there as well. The, the volume is so high, but I mean, I think you're looking at a third, fourth round pick. What about Evan Engram? Who would you rather have the rest of the way? Engram or Hooper? That's a good question. Um, I think that's I probably, the line for me. I think Cooper because the offense is much better too. I mean, yeah, Daniel Jones is still a rookie quarterback and still dicey. Micah, if you were drafting today, is Austin Hooper a top five five tight end for the remainder of 2019 for you? That's that's probably about where I would put him. That's I was going to say top five. I wouldn't say top three for sure, but uh, I would give him top five. Evan Ingram, maybe Hunter Henry if he comes back healthy and uh, can play. Uh, the rest of the season out. I think he, he may enter that conversation, but he, he's right there in that neighborhood. All right, so we talked about tight ends that did better than expected. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns where they have David Njoku who's done terribly, and most <laughs> of the rest of their offense has done poorly except for Nick Chubb. Um, so do you think that Mayfield actually gets the offense turned around and, uh, and headed the right direction, or do you think this is kind of a maybe a lost season for the Browns? Well, living in Oklahoma – uh, I hear plenty about Baker Mayfield. I feel like I know him and he's my next door neighbor or something because everybody talks <laughs> about him so much. Um, fun fact for you, actually, uh, Browns games now in Oklahoma are shown every Sunday. There was a letter oh, writing campaign that? or something that happened that, that they, they exclusively play Browns games like it's a, like it's a local deal. Um, but I think Baker, when he has a, a chip on his shoulder, uh, maybe a little something to prove he plays better. And so we may be seeing uh, time to turn around for him a little bit. Um, he certainly has the, the weapons to, to get it done and, and the physical tools. He's a, he's a good player. Um, it's just the, you know, the last few games, at least for sure, he's looked lost. And so um, I think maybe now he has to prove it again. And so we may see him turn it around. 
I really want Beckham to turn it around so I can get rid of him in Dynasty. Really? Yeah. That's you know my, so, my, little, my little acquisition of two Beckhams. It's it's been horrible. I want to get rid of him. Let me tell you why I'm terrible at Dynasty. It's like dating a bad person, bad girl. Right. I, I got to get rid of her. <laughs> Let me tell you why I'm terrible at Dynasty. So you and I are in this Gridiron Legends League, uh, Dynasty League, right? Yep. And I I joined this league uh, prior to the 2018 season uh, in a dispersal draft, and I think my first. I think I took Kelsey. No, I can't remember. It, it was like, I think my first pick was Leonard Fournette. Right. Okay. And um, immediately I was like, I need to flip this guy. I don't like him. <laughs> I don't want him on my team. And I said, all I need is for Leonard Fournette to have like a couple of good games or a good game. And then I'll trade him for like a first round pick or something, yeah. you know? And now he has back to back great games, Dave. So what am I doing? Uh, let's just, uh, yeah, I'm going to ride, ride this out a little <laughs> bit longer, see what happens here. And I know it's not going to end well for him. I know he's going to have a bad stretch. I'm not going to be able to trade him. That's why I'm terrible at Dynasty. Yes. <laughs> just like I, even executing my go- whole goal is, is right in front of me, and I'm totally ignoring it. It's, it's so ridiculous. And to go along with that, Tupacker just said that uh, Will Fuller is available. Uh, well, I know Will Fuller is available. <laughs> Everybody knows Will three, Fuller is three available. first-round pick. I told that story on, on my local show this week. It killed. Everybody thought it was great. Oh, yeah. the, that was funny. He did a first-round pick for every touchdown he scored this past yeah, week. Yeah, Packer was offering up Will Fuller for first-round picks uh, every time he scored a touchdown. Every time he scored a touchdown in that game on Sunday, the, he tacked on another first-round pick to the price. <laughs> uh, he did not move him. Shocking. Uh, we're talking with Micah Bailey, the uh, second-place team in the FFPC main event going into week six. We saw the uh, Patriots-Giants game last night, Micah. What's going on with Sony Michelle? I mean, at, at this point, it, it almost seems like Bill Belichick is intentionally trying to destroy fantasy owners who invested in Michelle or invested anybody in the Patriots' backfield. You know, Rex except Burkhead. White. Yeah, except for James White. Rex Burkhead was out last night. The Patriots get three rushing touchdowns, one by Brandon Bolden, and then two by Tom Brady. So Sony Michelle was, I don't want to say he was saved by that 26-yard run late, but he ended up, I think, with like a 13-point game. Uh, and going forward, I think with – I don't know if he just temper expectations with Michelle or if the worst part of his year is out of the way. How do you view Sony Michelle going forward, Micah? Well, you know, it's tough when he's in the backfield with a classic running quarterback like Tom Brady. Um, it just, it's always <laughs> going to take away, take away your touchdown upside. Um, but he has – I mean, he's had the attempts. He's uh, at least 15 attempts in all but, I think, one game this year. So the attempts are there. Maybe the touchdowns will start to fall. And, of course, I think Bill Belichick may very well hate fantasy football players. Um, if he hates them as much as he hates hoodie sleeves, then certainly we're all in trouble. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I think if they keep it up and he keeps uh, you know, keeps getting the attempts that he, he's having, um, I don't see any reason he couldn't you know, be at what we all expected him to be at the beginning of the year. He actually got more involved in the passing game in week five. Uh, he had several catches that game, ran a ton of routes. Uh, so I, I was actually pretty bullish on him against, you know, in a game against the Giants on Thursday night football where he should have been having a big game and it just didn't happen. So I don't know, going forward, I'm still, I don't, Dave, I don't know if you own him anywhere. I think yeah. I, I own him in one league and, and I went zero RB in that league. So I've been having to trot him out every week because I don't have a whole lot of other great options, but expectations way lowered for Michelle right now. Yeah, I mean, Michelle, I, you know, the way the Patriots use running backs, I dealt Michelle for Calvin Ridley earlier in the season, and I was happy about that deal, still happy. I don't own any Michelle at all. I mean, I just, I just, you can't trust Belichick. Every It's week to week. There's stuff going on. There's always injuries at running back. Michelle himself is hurt all the time. So if I own him in Dynasty, I would deal him. Like I said, I've already done it, and I just would not be looking at him if I can avoid him. I mean, why, why put yourself through the heartache of a Bill Belichick running back unless it's the pure pass-catching third down back? Sony Michelle trade no matter what. Right, Dave? <laughs> That's right, Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> now, you are not a Packers fan, Dave, but I think I do have a Packers well, I question. I hate the Packers. I know, I know. you're going to ask Micah about yeah. Devontae Adams. And... Yeah, Devontae Adams, it's not, and the news came out, actually. I was at my uh, physical therapy rehab today, and I just glanced on at the Appleton Post press, and it's like... Well, I thought you were going to say you saw Devontae Adams there. No, he was, yeah, he was, they were working on his toe. Yeah, and, but it was like, you know, Adam is not sure when he'll be back. I'm like, yikes. Yeah. So, uh, he says he's, it looks like it's going to be offer. I actually personally think he might be out to week 10 or 11. I think the Packers have a week 11 bye. <clears throat> My opinion in bulky is that he might even go that long. I think it's I, – I, I, I guess I should ask the question. No, hold on. Let me, let, let me interrupt because you, you, you hit on a great point. When this injury happened, 
and and they were talking about ah maybe he can be ready you know it's yeah, a long week days, yeah. and I was like this is turf toe man like this you don't get you don't just it's not a flipping a switch and I said initially I'm like I'm looking at like a month same thing with Darnell Savage the Packers first round safety had a high ankle sprain yeah. they're talking about him playing again this week and I said no I and I said you know kind of tongue in cheek I'm like we'll see in November but I kind of mean that right like I and I don't know if they're just covering injuries up but I think and and we'll we'll talk to Mike about this but. I think when he gave that interview uh, with the press on Wednesday talking about it doesn't feel the way I want it to, he's not even stretching. He's not putting a helmet on at practice. Yeah, he could put a shoe on. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he's a ways away. Yeah, I agree. Okay, anyway, so now back to the question. Because it, uh, it only involves Adams being out. We have to look at Marquez Valdez-Scanling, who was terrible. Uh, one, wait, four targets, one catch for 18 yards or something the like Packers, that. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers only completed four passes to receivers last week. And the Packers play Detroit, which actually have a reasonably decent secondary. Darius Slay is healthy. So uh, how do you feel about MVS? I'm, you know, this is like a leading question. I feel like I'm a defense attorney here, but go ahead. Well, I'll go the, I'll go the other way. I feel like he does have <laughs> upside. Um, um, he plays on a very good offense with a very good quarterback. Um, if he is in that role, I mean, anything can happen. Aaron Rodgers can get the ball uh, in most games uh, to the wide receivers. So um, I feel like he is a he's a solid uh, flex play, um, especially through bye weeks. And it, and you know, in those kind of uh, really rough bye weeks coming up, he could be uh, have the upside of maybe a wide receiver too. Now again, I could be completely wrong, um, and I'll undermine everything I just said, but. Uh, it's there. The possibility is there. He's a good athlete, um, and he plays for the Packers, so it's, it's always a, a possibility. That's uh, true. Yeah, totally. And I'm just – oh, my goodness. Did you get a tweet, Falky? I did. Uh, do you remember the the cleaner, the, the disappearer from Breaking Bad, the guy at the vacuum shop? <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, the guy who sent Walter White to New Hampshire? Oh, yeah, 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 I do. The actor that played him, who may or may not have he been. He was in Jackie Brown. He was in Jackie Brown. He died. Oh, Just died, good. yeah. Robert Forster. Oh, that sucks. He was yeah. great. Well, at, he, least we, at least you totally interrupted and ruined the flow of the show for <laughs> some stupid Robert Forster hey, update. But, but, R.I.P., baby. Right, R.I.P. So bringing it back to MVS is, um, okay, so Aaron Jones. Now, I own Aaron Jones in a couple of leagues. I enjoyed last week. That's probably going to be his best game of the season. I struggle to believe that the Packers can continue this smoke and mirrors um, offense with Aaron Jones as the foundation for a guy who ended the last two years with a knee injury on injured reserve. They're going to have to come up with something else. They can't just throw it to Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones out of the backfield and move the chains that way. They're, they're, you know, Jimmy Graham is no longer the Jimmy Graham that, that we knew. Robert Tanya and their backup tight end. Uh, is he has a hip injury right now, and they're getting nothing from the receivers. Something has to be done there. I don't know if it's, you know, you creatively scheme these guys open. I don't know if somebody else steps up, whether it be Jay Kumaro or Darius Shepard or something. But, you're, I mean, as far as Packers receiving options, Mike, I think you're, you're spot on there. There is some upside. And if you're going to stretch the field, you stretch it with MVS. And the, the fact that he can get behind corners, get behind the safety Sometimes, you know, two big plays can make a week, and, and that could happen Monday night when the Packers take on the Lions. Let's get to a couple of emails here uh, for you, Mike. Uh, first one's Johnny in Dallas. He wants to – he writes, Hi, Micah, great work in the main so far. What are your thoughts on Kyler Murray the rest of the season? Thank you. That's Johnny in Dallas. Thank you for the email. Johnny, Kyler Murray, the uh, first overall pick in the draft this year, been putting up some good passing numbers. On uh, some decent rushing numbers in Arizona, is this the type of thing that you think he can keep up for 16 games, Micah? Well, again, living in Oklahoma, I, I'm surprised they're not playing Cardinals games. Uh, <laughs> but I guess they can't with all the Browns games going. Uh, I think he, maybe he can. Uh, there, yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll see if uh, the Browns keep losing. We'll probably start seeing Cardinals games. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, if he – I think his real game is – rushing the ball some he hasn't really done a ton of that he's done pretty well um you know when he's needed to um but i think maybe with a little bit more rushing and and uh, as he continues to develop maybe he could keep this up um i don't think he'll be you know a, a hall of famer by the end of the year necessarily but um he could do he could do some damage 
There you go, Buck. Second email we have tonight from uh, our good buddy in uh, Hartford, Connecticut. This is Brian. Uh, this is a starter sick question. Hi, Mike. Uh, hey, Mike. Uh, hey, Mike. Hey, Micah. I am having some flex issues this week. Is it total desperation to start Adrian Peterson against the Dolphins, or is it a smart move to do so? Thank you for the email, Brian. There is a, a real good possibility that Adrian Peterson has his best game of the season as the Redskins go to Miami as a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Oh, that'll be a great game. Uh, so what do you think <laughs> about Adrian Peterson this week? Is he a guy that you would look to uh, for a flex option, Micah? Uh, I would consider starting myself against the Dolphins, so I would definitely give Adrian Peterson a look. I mean, um, the guy is ageless. He is uh, pretty incredible um, as a, just an athlete, and I've I don't know if I'll watch that game, but I would probably uh, I'd probably put him in if I if I needed to. Dave, um, we have a uh, another I got five on it posted in the uh, chat tonight from our good friends uh, Aunt Jemima and Kern Reeve. Yep, they want to go over. Adrian Peter, is it over thirteen? You guys can. That was thir- thirteen or thirteen and a half. I forgot. Was it right. 13? thirteen? I thought it was thirteen. All right, thirteen it is. So, but now here's the thing: you like the over on that for I do, fantasy but Yeah, but you know. The, we beat up on those guys the first bet. You know, they, they were gracious enough to. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll uh, go double or nothing. Is that what we're going to do? Yeah, I think, that, I, I think that's, that's the plan. So we're going to go under 13, and uh, uh, they're going to take over 13. Adrian Peterson, total fantasy points in week six. Yeah, this is kind of like the color of money where they hustle us with small bets to start, and then eventually then, then they make it 100 bucks. All right, yeah, I, so, got, I got the under. All right, so we, I got the under, you got the under, I got the Perfect. All right, moving on. Uh, I think we have one final question for Micah before we let him go tonight. Real, real quick, Kyler Murray is QB7 through the first five weeks of his NFL and, career. And you know what's funny about that is I feel like there's a certain amount of, if you drafted him, there's a certain amount of disappointment in that, isn't there? Yeah. Well, Doesn't you know, it seem like it's an empty seventh overall? It actually, you know, I, I, did, I just looked at this for the first time. The first six uh, quarterbacks, this is a, you know, PPR – um, are averaging between 28 and 28.84. And the next, like, four or five are averaging, like, 22 to 24. So it feels, like, a little bit disappointing. But Murray's had some games where he hasn't even, like, he's, like, thrown one touchdown or no touchdowns. Anyway, not to keep going on about Murray. But right. I mean, for a rookie, I mean, good gracious, that's fantastic. All right. Yeah, I know. I Listen, uh, I, I think you have more shares than Kyler Murray than I do. And I'm thinking about this out loud right now. I don't think I have Kyler Murray anywhere. Really? Yeah, I don't think I do because – you know, if you remember drafting season, Dave, he was climbing up draft boards, and I was thinking I was the shark picking up guys like Cam Newton and Drew Brees. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, this is going to be, oh, you suckers keep taking Kyler Murray super early. Let the MVPs fall the good old ball keep. Well, I guess you were right, and I was wrong. No surprise there. You by the fantasy public, not me. Or not, not you specifically, right, Dave. Fine. One more question for Micah. All right, Micah, thanks for enduring all of our personal stories and Robert Forster's passing. Uh, can you give us an early round pick that you would consider benching in week six, as well as a sleeper that should be started as well? All right. Uh, my early round pick has got to be Joe Mixon. Um, he has had kind of a rough year to start, and he gets uh, the Ravens defense. Um, so, as as you said with the defense attorney, I, I think I rest my case there. That's, that's all I need to say about Joe Mixon. <laughs> I, if I had a better option, I think I'd go with it. Um and I may be cheating a little bit, but I'm going to go back to uh, to draft season sleeper. It's got to be uh, DJ Shark, right? Um, Shark. I don't think anybody's sleeping on him now, obviously. But, I mean, I, I for one, definitely was sleeping on him during draft season. Um, he's playing the Saints this, this week. Uh, they're giving up plenty of yards. I think they're fifth most uh, in, the, in the league right now uh, in yards given up through the air. Um, so it, it could definitely be a good week or a uh, – for any of you ESPN fans out there, uh, Matthew Barry said could be a, a shark week. Um, yeah, sorry. It was a bad joke when he I said like it, it, and it's even worse when I tried it. <laughs> Back to yours, yours is better because it's a rip on him. Well, yeah, and, you, and you're, you're coming out and, say, like, quite frankly, saying that, that it's not great. It, it's funny that, you know, when I was drafting DJ Moore in all these drafts, how, how, I, I, I didn't realize I was drafting the second-best receiver named DJ in drafts no this kidding. year, which has been unfortunate. I also saw, I don't know if you guys saw this, the Jaguars are giving away – 
um, Gardner Minshew mustaches to the first 35,000 <laughs> fans at the game this week. So you get your own collectible uh, commemorative Gardner Minshew mustache, which is uh, good stuff there. I really like what they got going with Minshew and, and Shark down there. And hopefully uh, Leonard Fournette can just keep it up for a few more games, and then I'll trade him. I swear I'll trade him after that because <laughs> yep. I just need a couple more it's good coming. games. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's how it is. Uh, and it's, it, was, uh, it was fun tonight talking with, uh, with Micah Bailey, the second-place team in the FFPC main event heading into week six. Dude, what a story. You get in on the four-for-four four promotion. You jump headfirst into the, into the high-stakes waters with the main event team, and now here you are one spot away from a $500,000 grand prize uh, halfway through the regular season. So congratulations on your success thus, thus far. Uh, good luck uh, the rest of the way, and uh, most importantly, uh, good luck in taking second place to your wife in the leagues that you guys share, I think you're going to be much better off for it. Well, thank you so much. Uh, as far as this league goes, we're going to see what happens, but I don't think I'll ever beat my wife. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. Dude, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. We'll talk again soon. Thank you so much. Micah Bailey, ladies and gentlemen. Second place in the FFPC main event. Oh, he was a wonderful guest. He was very wonderful. You know, it's, it's pretty rare that um, we get people, you know, normally I, I, you know, when we're booking guests, I'm telling people about the podcast, like, oh, this sounds cool. I'll, I'll you know, I'd, I'd like to be on. Uh, it's rare that we get somebody like, oh, yeah, I actually listened to your show. I, this, this is an honor. I'd love to come on. Well, clearly it's rare because, you know. There's, you know, 40, 40 downloads a week. Right, exactly. And, <laughs> and 39 of them are, are, my, uh, are my mother and my wife. Yeah. So that, that's the way it works sometimes. So, what, hey, did you hear, so Minshew, there was some sort of stat about him in his first five weeks that, that he's the only quarterback to do whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Y or Z or something. Whatever. Yeah, you know what um, yeah, I did see Crazy, that. Though. Um, like have over a certain rating or a certain number of yards. or. I whatever. thought it was yards and touchdowns, something like that. Like It was nuts, man. I, whatever I, Somebody should look it up. There was, a, there was another. He's actually throw first-year quarterbacks out of the equation. I think he is the only quarterback. Oh, I'm going to mess this stat up. But he's the only quarterback overall this entire season to, to achieve um, a certain number of fantasy points every yeah. week. It might have been like 15-plus like fantasy points or okay. something. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what it was. But it was it was crazy when you when you think about all the talented quarterbacks that are out there and, right. and how high they went in drafts and the fact that Patrick Mahomes is one of them too. Did you get mentioned any dynasty? It's crazy. Uh, no, and uh, I didn't either because I have too much Lamar Jackson and Murray already. Yeah, that's how my, I have, I have a ton of Lamar Jackson, and yeah. you know my policy on quarterbacks. Yeah. You know I just I have no I have no inkling to acquire them. Um, I continue to get offers giving me quarterbacks. I continue to turn them down. I just I have no no uh, inclination to trade for a quarterback at all. All right, moving on. All right, move on. Let's get into uh, fantasy feedback now. If you've got a question for Eric Dave or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at Hour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at Hour on Twitter. voiceover for about six years now or whatever, right? Oh, that wasn't me. Yeah. This guy who did it, he's been having that for the whole show. Yeah, well, the whole we, run. Yeah, well, listen, we, when you <laughs> when you got it right, you keep going. Yeah, he did a good job. Yeah, he's the man. All right, first email tonight. Uh, it's from Pete in Athens, Georgia, Dave. Uh, he writes, I love the game night you guys did last week and hope it becomes part of the regular rotation. To reinforce that, I have a challenge for the Dizzle. Name the top five running backs since week two with the most targets. Great job, fellas. That's Pete in Athens, Georgia. Now, I have uh, corroborated this. I was a little... Since, since week two? Since week two, the most running back targets. I, I'm always skeptical when listeners send in stuff like this because I don't know if they're trying to pull a fast one on us. But I did fact check this, and it, uh, my stats match up with, with what he has here. So, Dave, among running backs, who has the most targets in the league? Top five here uh, since week two. And I'll give you three strikes on this one. To get all five? To get all five. <laughs> Look, you're probably not going to, but it'll be a fun little game to play for a few minutes. Yeah, okay, just give me a few minutes. Uh, but I don't, I'm not going to give you a few minutes to think well, about that. All right, so uh, we'll start with McCaffrey. McCaffrey is number two on this list with 29. 29 targets since week two. Um, 
Austin Eckler? Austin Eckler's number one with 34, Dave. So you got the top two right away. All right, all right. Um, I think one of these guys is, is semi-obvious. The other, the other two, the other one is not so obvious. And the other one, I was actually pretty surprised. That may, you know what? Just ignore that because that may no, not right. help you at all. No, that's okay. I mean, uh, uh, let's see. I'm gonna go a little bit weird here, but I okay. Let's get weird, baby. <laughs> Since we uh, must be the Tylenol talking. James White. James White's not on the list. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is not on the list. That strikes one and two. Yeah, see, yeah. Not thinking too clearly here. I thought Aaron Jones had been getting a lot of targets lately, but he, he got a ton against Dallas. Yeah. But that that was a. I mean, I, I don't want to say that was I'm a little bit. It, I'm not really. You know. Um. So who are the other top backs? Uh. My problem is I don't have a lot of good running backs. I believe one of these guys was a consensus first round pick this year. Yeah, definitely, it was a consensus first round pick. So Elliot. It is not Elliot. All right, okay, so that is strike three. Great. So number three, the consensus first round pick that was uh, t- with twenty six, David Johnson. Yeah, see, I, I, I'm honestly not thinking too clearly. I didn't even really think of some of these. Well, guys. no, Elliot made sense. I don't yeah. think that was a bad guess. Whatever. James White totally made sense, by the way. Anyway, number four is the one that probably I, I didn't think you would get. Chris Thompson for Washington with twenty five. Yeah, that would have been tough. I, I, I just assume he's always hurt. How can you be hurt and getting all these targets, but he's making it happen? And then number five. And I want to let everybody know in Gridiron Legends, if you're looking for a Fournette? pass-catching back, Leonard Fournette, 25 targets. Camara didn't even make it. No, you know, Camara did not wow. make it. 25 targets for Leonard Fournette. I didn't guess Camara. I mean, well, but you were right not to. Well, whatever. So there you go. Fun game. Thank you, I Pete. Suck. In Athens, Georgia. <laughs> All right, moving on. Mike in Zion, Illinois. Should I fade Brita coming off a big week two in favor of Damian Williams in a potential shootout? Matt Breida is taking on the Los Angeles Rams. That is in Los Angeles this week, uh, Dave. And then Damian Williams is at home against the Houston Texans. And I want to look up the totals on these games. The Texans one, that is at 55 right now. That Rams game is at 50 and a half with the Rams a three-point favorite. Uh, Texans also a dog in that Texans-Chiefs game. Do you have a feeling on Breida versus Damian Williams this week if you can only play one? Um, I would go with Damian Williams probably. Okay. I think. I, that that game's got to have a ton of points. I mean, right. 50, uh, 50 something you said? 55 is what it's at right now. Yeah, I, I think I'm going Damian Williams there. I, uh, I don't trust that San Fran backfield all that much myself. I'm still. I'm going to agree. And the other thing, not only do you not trust the backfield, they're talking about Jeff Wilson perhaps being active in that game, Dave. And you remember, he is the goal line vulture on that team. And uh, you also have the fact that San Francisco is coming off a short week and they have to go on the road. Granted, it's to Los Angeles, but still, one less week, one less day to prepare. It, it really is on the road. They're going to take a bus. Yeah. <laughs> is that what they would do? They no, wouldn't fly there. How long is it? Um, from San Francisco to L.A., that's probably like a three- or four-hour drive, isn't it? I think it's three hours once you hit L.A. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In traffic. Three hours once you get there, and then it's another three to the hotel. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that is uh, Mike in Zion, Illinois. Thank you for the email, Mike. Moving on, Dave, to Steve in Erie, Pennsylvania. Hi, Dave and Balky. Given your previous stance on one of these guys, this ought to be fun to answer on the air. Which Titans receiver should I start this week, A.J. Brown or Corey Davis? Love your show. That is Steve in Erie, Pennsylvania. Dave, the Texans uh, – by the way, thank you for the email, Steve – um, the Texans this week, uh, or excuse me, the Texans, the Titans, excuse me, the Titans this week are taking on the Denver Broncos in mm. Mile High. Sounds like a fourteen ten game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the total on that game here shortly. It is at forty and a half. <laughs> in this day and age, of forty and a half total. That forty and a half is like the new thirty one. Yeah. Oh man. But, uh, neither? but okay, can you start? Can you start no, neither? he's got to start one of them between Davis and AJ Brown. I'm starting Davis. He's a veteran. I mean, you know, AJ Brown's still a rookie. But AJ Brown looked better though, don't you think? You know, I don't watch a lot of Titans receivers play. <laughs> to be honest with you, so I couldn't tell you. No, I don't feel like you know. I don't feel like Brown's getting getting that many targets. But I might be wrong. No, I I would say that on that aspect, you're correct. I think AJ Brown has demonstrated more of a, an explosive capability. Uh, this season than Corey Davis, but uh, Corey Davis has been getting more targets. And by flip a coin, by vol- yeah, I mean flip a coin. I'm going to go with Davis as well uh, on this. But if you want to go with AJ Brown, uh, certainly if you wanted to shoot for the stars, that would make more sense. All right, Anthony in San Francisco, dear Tony and Antonio, I probably reached on Jared Cook in my football guys draft, but I backed him up late with Jason Witten. Now I don't know which one to start this weekend. Help. 
That is Anthony in San Francisco's email. Thank you, Anthony. The Dallas Cowboys are at the New York Jets this weekend, and uh, the uh, New Orleans Saints are going to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Dave, do you have a feeling there? Both of these tight ends will be on the road. Cook or Witten for you this week? Uh, I'll, I'll go with Cook, I guess. Um, not really super excited about it, but, you know, Bridgewater, I think we'll throw a team a bit. Um, so I guess I would go Cook. But, you know, Witten is old, man. So Well, but, okay, he is. But don't you think that the numbers he's put up this year, I just think he knows how to get open. Like, he's got that I, – I don't think he – um, you know, was all of a sudden awakened to, to film study by spending a, a year in the Monday Night Football booth. But I just I feel like when you get to a certain age, you kind of understand your body limitations and, and know how to cover for that. I'll tell you a perfect example. Last night in my, um, my uh, local basketball league, we were playing a team. Now I'm, I'm going to be 40 years old next month. And the guys I was guarding last night, 24, 25 maybe, and with more talent than me. But because I've been playing in these leagues for so long, I kind of know what I can get away with from a defensive standpoint. I know what the refs are going to call. I know, you know how to position my body uh, when, when I'm covering these guys. And now on a much grander scale, I think mean, that's true of Witten. Like he knows what these defenders are going to do. He knows what these coordinators are going to throw at him, and he knows how to attack it the best he can. So I think there is something to be said for for Witten, yes, he's old, he's not athletic, but athleticism was never a big part of his game. Well, okay, so I look at look. Let's, I just took a look real quick while you were talking. That was nice of you to talk, so I could look this up. No, oh, you're welcome. Um, he's had four targets in every game. Four. Really? Yeah. That I didn't week realize. One, he had four. Week one, dude, four, 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 four. Uh, Cook's not much better. He had three, seven, two, six, and six. And he went four for forty-one on a touchdown last week. Bridgewater. I I just think Cook has a little more upside than the four-target Witten. So. All right, I'm going to go with Cook as well. You've sold me. That's cool. Even, even though it's against uh, – actually, the Jets' defense isn't that bad. Um, all right, so I'll go with Cook. All right, final email tonight. Uh, this is Mack in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. He writes, no Jacobs, Allen Robinson, Marlon Mack, or Hilton for me this week, so I am in a world of hurt. Do I flex out Debo Samuel or Ronald effing Jones? Thanks for all you do. That's Mack in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. We already talked about Debo Samuel. Uh, well, we didn't talk about Samuel, but his Niners are at the Rams this week. And then Ronald Jones is at home against the Carolina Panthers. Dave, this is not a situation I don't think anybody wants to be in. But if you're trying to – At home in London or whatever. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. That game's in London. And it is early. And it is, yeah. It starts at 930 Eastern. Make sure you get up early and set those lineups or set them Saturday night um, before you get up. Uh, I'm going to roll with Debo Samuel here just for the potential ceiling. You know, Peyton Barber's actually looked okay. Um, Ronald Jones has looked all right. He's actually – Jones has looked better than I thought but I'm still going to roll with the upside. and It just seems like they're trying to scheme Debo Samuel into the Niners offense, so I'm going to roll with him over Jones. Yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with you. I mean, they still really like uh, Barber enough. And you know, by the way, the question you said, Ronald F. and Jones, so if you're using an adjective to describe one of your choices, that's uh, a swear word, maybe that's the guy you don't want to see. <laughs> don't start him. Yeah, so. yeah, it wasn't Debo effing Samuel. Yeah, it was, it was Debo Samuel. And well, Ronald. but I will say this. I think that people, for people who drafted, maybe this is a dynasty thing, but people who drafted Ronald Jones are certainly more disappointed in him, given what they sunk into him, than what you probably sunk into Debo Samuel. Yeah, that's true. Although Jones, you know, he's still coming around. I mean, he could emerge as a, as a, as a player. I mean... But, He's another guy I'd love to trade in the Blake Harrington Dynasty League if anybody's uh, <laughs> Well, he had a good game him. like two weeks ago, right? And then yeah, he did. You should have dealt him then. I think, well, I, I, think I fake offered you a second, listen, but I didn't have a second. Listen, this is what I'm talking about, why I'm terrible at Dynasty, <laughs> is because I wait for these games to happen, then they happen. I'm like, oh, no, here we go. Hold Start the a big run. Yeah, terrible. All right, that's going to do it for our show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank our guest tonight, Micah Bailey, second place in the FFPC uh, main event. Good luck to him the rest of the way. Uh, also want to invite you to check out Rotoviz uh, High Stakes Lowdown this past uh, week. Uh, Thursday came out, uh, the Billy Metcalf episode. You can get that at rotoviz.com slash podcast, also on Apple Podcasts as well. As Dave just pointed out, get those Carolina Panthers, get those Tampa Bay Buccaneers in or out of your lineup prior to 9.30 a.m. on Sunday since you have the uh, big kickoff from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or whatever they call it uh, over in London. So get those uh, guys in or out. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Hopefully the balls bounce your way in week six. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. 
Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the team explore, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. Well, your hip made it through. How are you feeling? I feel all right. I'm a little bit nauseous, but I'm all right. Well, are you more or less nauseous than when the show started? More. Yeah. So, after listening yeah. To all right. You yeah. All right. I'm going to stop it right now. No more, li- <laughs> no more listening to Bucky. I'm going to puke. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Go throw up now.